This morning we are coming to the end uh, of our sermon series on Psalm 23. Uh, for the past five weeks, uh, we've been looking at this uh, psalm and trying to understand what it means for us. Uh, and thank you for all who gave us your feedback uh, by filling out the inserts last week. Uh, we appreciate hearing how meaningful these sermons have been for your own spiritual journey. We are grateful for the way God is speaking to you um, as we <clears throat> go through uh, this series together. Today, we're going to be looking at the final verse um, in, um, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Um, but before we look at that, I just want to recap uh, what we have learned so far. Uh, starting from verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This poem uh, begins the imagery of a shepherd along with a sheep. Uh, the shepherd says that he's going to care for us. The Lord is my shepherd. God is our provider. God is going to care for us. He's going to provide all that we need. There will be never a time that we would be in want, but God will always provide for our needs. And when we read this psalm, we can but hear the echoes from the New Testament where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And verse 2, we, lean, we read, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Again, we are reminded that the shepherd always leads us to green pastures. Sometimes the pastures that we think are green and lushful might not be the reality but yet the promise is that our shepherd leads us to green pastures and he refreshes us with still waters. He refreshes our soul for the times that we have felt weary and tired. God is there to care for us. Verse 3, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Here God promises to restore us and we discussed how God will begin to care for our soul, rebuild that which was broken, bring us to a point of wholeness, whether it needs God taking out the junk from us, forgiving us of our sin, or God restoring the hurts that others have caused on our hearts. And the reason God does that is not to look at the finished product and say, oh, look, how beautiful that is, but rather to that we would look to the one who did the restoring, that God is glorified in all that. And then God calls us to walk a holy life. Verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Here we are reminded that no matter how difficult our journey is, no matter what the challenges are that we face on a day-to-day -day basis, that our God walks with us, even in the valley of the shadow of death. Despite how difficult situations in life circumstances might be, we are reminded that the good shepherd walks with us, that he is present with us, and he comforts us with his rod and his staff. Last week, we looked at this verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. God prepares a feast for us in the midst of our enemies. Even though our enemies want to destroy us, 
God still finds a way to provide for us. God prepares a table for us. We are reminded of the story of Mary who walked into a room that people were fully judging her and looking down on her and condemning her. And yet Mary walked into that room knowing that Christ is present at the table. And she sat next to him. And Jesus defended her. All we got to do is walk into the room and sit at the table knowing that Christ is there to protect us and to defend us. And we were told that each one of us is anointed with oil. That each one of us is set apart for a certain purpose. Whatever your purpose is, God is reminding you this day, hey, I have made you for a purpose. That we are called to live into that. And finally, we were told that blessings overflow, especially in a world of scarcity where we feel empty. God loves overflows in us. And today, we come to the final verse. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a wonderful way to end this psalm. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the promise that is given to us today. Friends, today I want to focus on two parts of this. The first part of this verse 6 is, deals with our day-to-day -day life, our life here on earth. And the second part of this verse talks about what happens in eternity for us. If you have ever been in a Bible study with me, you've heard me say over and over again, and I guess it's worth repeating here again, life on earth matters. Life on earth matters. How we live our lives today matters. Some of you uh, might have heard this uh, phrase before. Uh, it's called Pascal's Wager. Have you, anyone heard of this before? All right, Pascal was a French uh, philosopher, and he came up with this thing called Pascal's Wager. Essentially, what he said was this. Uh, he said, if you, we need to act and live as if God is alive, as if there is a God, right? And he said, when you live that way, as if God, there is a God, that God is there in this world. And he said, when you die, you have nothing to lose. Because if you die and there is a God, you've lived your life as there is a God, right? And you moved on. You went to heaven. So you have nothing to lose. But if there is no God and you die, you don't lose either, right? You don't have to worry about it. So you have nothing to lose. So live your life as if God is there, is what Pascal's wager was all about, that we and here is something that we uh, have done as enlightened people in church today. We've kind of bought into this theory without really thinking about it. And we live into it without really naming it. Because all our focus sometimes about our religion and the God that we believe in, it's all about what happens when we die. What happens the next season of our life. And this morning, the scripture reminds us something different. That life on earth matters. It is, life on earth is filled with wonderful things. 
Look at the psalmist and what he is assuring us. He says, surely, the word surely, this is what the psalmist is saying, definitely, absolutely, 100%, surely, the word surely is said. Surely doesn't mean maybe. It's not a wager. Like maybe if I do this, something good could happen in the afterlife. The poet here is saying, is speaking of certainty. Surely, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Surely, 100%, absolutely, absolutely. There is a sense of certainty that the psalmist is hanging on to. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. The word mercy here in Hebrew actually means God's steadfast love. Psalmist is saying, surely God's goodness, God's steadfast love, God's unconditional love shall follow me all the days of my life. No matter what, the psalmist is saying, this is the truth that I'm hanging my hat on. God's steadfast love and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. A biblical scholar named Jin Han, he was doing translation uh, for the word um, follow. And he translated this particular word follow. Instead of using the word follow, he said it's pursue. And he said it's pursue with a higher level of intensity is how he described it. See, if you remember the story... Um, of the people of Israel. I've shared this story uh, so many times because it's our defining faith story. Um, and he said, uh, this particular scholar said, when Pharaoh was pursuing the people of Israel after they left Egypt, the word follow is used. There's a sense of urgency there. Let me just quickly remind you what that story is about. <clears throat> so the people of Israel were enslaved for 400 years. They were in slavery and they cried and they begged God for mercy and God delivers them. He gives them 10 plagues. He sends 10 plagues on the people of Egypt. And the last one, the last plague is called the Passover where the firstborn son was supposed to be killed. And the people of Israel were protected because they took the blood of the lamb and put it on their doorposts. And the, Passover, and the angel of death passed over them. And that's when, that's what broke Pharaoh. And Pharaoh looked at them and said, you know what? After this 10th plague, you all can leave. The Hebrew people, the Israelites can leave and go to freedom. Go worship your God on Mount Sinai. I don't want to do anything with you, is what Pharaoh says. And the people of Israel walk away from Egypt. And they are heading towards the Red Sea. And when they were heading towards the Red Sea, we use the word follow. That's the word that is used. It's the exact same word. And Pharaoh pursued the people of Israel. Pharaoh ran after the people of Israel so that he can capture them, enslave them, and bring them back into Egypt. Friends, this morning we are reminded that we hear this promise surely 100% God's mercy is going to pursue us. God's mercy and goodness and steadfast love is going to chase after us. 
that is the blessing for each follower of Jesus Christ. That is the truth that we hang on to today. When we live as Christian people, God's goodness is going to pursue us. It is going to chase after us. God's unconditional love is going to chase after you. Friends, these are the blessings that we will receive for following the shepherd. Here I'm reminded of the uh, promise that Jesus gives his disciples in John chapter 10, verse 10. In John chapter 10, Jesus actually is talking a lot about the shepherd imagery. And then he goes on to say this, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. That means when we are Christians and we follow Jesus, our life is full. There is an abundance that is provided to us. Our life is filled with joy despite all the sorrows we encounter. Our life is filled with peace. And even when we encounter chaos, our life is filled with laughter, even when life is challenging. This is the promise given to each one of you who follows Jesus. This is the good news. God's steadfast love. God's unconditional love is chasing after you. Finally, the psalmist says that we shall live in the house of the Lord forever. There is this desire for the psalmist to be in God's presence forever. Some have commented that maybe the psalmist lived near Jerusalem, where he would go into the temple every day and live in the temple and worship God. Others have said maybe the psalmist would knew where the tabernacle was. Tabernacle was God's presence here on earth. Maybe he went into there and worshipped God every day. But friends, I cannot read this promise without reading it through the lens of the New Testament. I think the word forever here refers to eternity. We need to read this in light of 1 Corinthians 15. And Paul here in 1 Corinthians 15 is sharing up to the people of Corinth the power of the resurrection, how Jesus rose from the dead, how Jesus rose from the dead and conquered death itself. And because we believe in the resurrection, we believe in the afterlife. We are re reminded today that many Jews uh, um, during Paul's time did not believe in the resurrection. Actually, when you read the Old Testament, the concept of afterlife was not really there in the Old Testament. The way the people of uh, the Hebrew people saw life um, after death was that they would go into the pit. We read in the Psalms, if this life goes away, I am, what will I do? I am going to go into the pit. There was not really a concept of life after death. But when the Old Testament came to an end and the New Testament started during those period, that's called the intertestamental period. During that period, there was a shift in uh, in Jewish theology, and some started to recognize that we, each human being, is created in God's image, that there is life after death. And there were two religious groups that we find in the New Testament. One is called the Pharisees, and the other is called the Sadducees. The Pharisees believed in the afterlife, but the Sadducees thought that once you die, that's all there is. But Paul, who is a Pharisee, began to see 
afterlife through the lens of what Christ has done. When you read 1 Corinthians 15, you see Paul talking about the resurrection, how Jesus rose from the dead. When he was nailed to the cross, he died and he came back to life. That means he destroyed death itself. And because God himself has destroyed death, nothing can separate us from God's love. For when we perish, we are going to be in God's presence. Hear these words from 1 Corinthians 15. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Death has been swallowed up in victory. Friends, those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ need not worry about death. For when we die, we shall rise with Christ. This is the hope that comes to each one of us who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, this is the good news. You don't need to be afraid of death. For when we die, we will be in God's presence, singing God's praises and declaring God's goodness. That is the hope we share in Jesus. This is the hope that we share when we lose a loved one. We grieve their absence here on this earth, but we know in the hope that awaits us. We know in the hope that one day we will join them in glory. For we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the hope we share. Friends, I hope you are excited about this good news as I am today. You will be in God's presence and see him in his glory. This is the good news. This is the good news for all who believe in the good shepherd, Jesus Christ himself. This is the promise given to us today. Friends, may you go from this place knowing that God's goodness and his steadfast love, his unconditional love will follow you as you walk on this earth. But may you also be reminded for when our time comes and we join our God in eternity, We'll be praising him, joining those who have gone before us and celebrating the God we serve. Friends, this morning I want to end this sermon series inviting you into a posture of prayer. I would like you, if you could uh, place your arms on your laps, open your arms facing upward and place them um, in your lap. And if you could bow your eyes, bow your head and close your eyes. I would like to read this psalm again to us. A psalm that we have read over and over again. And as I'm reading this psalm, may these words come upon you as a blessing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord Please stand and join us.